Hello, everyone, and welcome to Repot It, the Rerouted Podcast. My name is Brian Shoning. I'm your host, as always, and we have a full house today. We'll start with Chap. Chap, everybody, everybody knows you, so you don't have to introduce yourself. But uh, talk to us a little bit about what we're what we're doing here today, and uh, introduce our introduce our friends. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm so excited to have Holly Priestley and Liz Landine here, and I just. Like you said, Brian, everybody knows me. They know what I'm all about. But these two ladies are really making some huge, huge impacts in the outdoor industry in various ways. And I'm just honored to have them here today. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Holly, why don't you start, say hi, say where you're from, and like maybe one of your favorite things to do outside. Okay, cool. Hi, everybody. I'm Holly Priestley. Um, I am the host of the Deliberate Living podcast, and uh, as far as where I'm from, I mean, I was in a van for three years traveling the American Western states, and I have just recently in the last few months landed in southeastern Arizona, and I'm setting down some roots over here. Um, and one of my favorite things to do outside, just one thing, uh, I had <laughs> I know, some... Right? I've had some pretty big running goals this year. So I've been mostly running, trail running, um, and doing that. Holly ran a 50K like two, three weeks ago, right before. Yeah. You, right before. Yeah. Yep. Uh, about a, a month ago tomorrow. Um, oh, my God. And it was so hard. It was yeah, the I, hardest thing. <laughs> the, I, yeah. Holly is is this a new hobby? Is this something that you picked up recently or have been trail running for a while? Um, I guess that's all relative. Um, I've been trail running for about two years, two, well, two and a half now that it's June. I started right before the pandemic because I needed something that was um, easy to take with me in the van wherever I was living. I didn't need a gym. I didn't need a partner. Um, I didn't need any of that. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, well, shit, now I have to. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, that's a great answer, Holly. All right, Liz, introduce yourself where, where you're kind of based out of and then something you love to do outside. Awesome. All right. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Liz Landine, and I am currently based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's going to hit 112 this week already, which blows my mind. Um, but uh, yeah. And for things I enjoy doing, I know it's hard to pick just one. I love just getting outside. I have to say, Holly, you're an inspiration. I started trail running uh, maybe nine months ago and um, almost almost a year ago, actually. And then I've gotten out of it recently, but I love it so much. And so uh, I saw your 50K and was following along on that journey. And it's definitely uh, putting a little fire under my butt to get back out there uh, and, and get on the trail again, because it's just, it feels so good being out there. But not when it's 112 degrees though. (laughs) No, those are early, early mornings. (laughs) Yeah. Liz, I I have to know you're 112 degrees. What do you do outside? Just go early in the morning. Is there anything you could do in the day? Go early when I trained for my half marathon last year, which was in September. So it was like uh, July, August, I was training. They were 4.30 AM mornings to get out there. But I have to say it's even, it's in the nineties still at like- (laughs) five in the morning. So yeah, not ideal. And Holly, was it hot when you were training or was it all right when you were doing your most of your training? Most of my training was over the winter. Um, I registered for the race like the day after Christmas or something. And then the race was the first weekend of May. So it, 
it went from pretty cold and having to run in layers. Um, and I got rained on once or twice, but you know, we're in the desert. We don't rain that much. Um, and then it started getting warmer and warmer. And my runs went from, you know, 7 a.m. to 6.45, 6.30, 6.15, like 5.30, getting earlier and earlier as as the temperatures creeped up. <laughs> yeah. And and Liz, I don't think you mentioned the your podcast, the Outdoor Entrepreneur Podcast. Yeah. So please, please talk a little bit about that. And I know I listen and I think Brian's been listening some. So Holly, you've listened, maybe. Yes, no. <laughs> been on it she's been <laughs> on it that's she's right been on it. there you go yes yeah a seasoned professional yeah so my podcast is the outdoor entrepreneur and I like to say it's for the entrepreneurial minded outdoor enthusiast although it's really can be for anybody who's either into the outdoors or um is thinking of starting a business maybe an aspiring entrepreneur or you already have a really well-established business um we kind of cover what I like to say is the good, the bad, and the ugly as far as entrepreneurship. This isn't about just showing what's perfect and uh, the millionaires out there in their business. It's kind of showing the real journey of, of entrepreneurship and, um, you know, all that comes with that. And, uh, you know, as I think all of us would agree, it's amazing and we love it and we probably wouldn't have it any other way, but there's a lot of challenges and some struggles and we can learn so much from what other people are doing. Um, so I love kind of just sharing those stories of, of people in all levels uh, of their business and how they're making it happen. How are they actively creating a career, doing something they just love and they're fired up about, um, and that's being outside or incorporating nature in some way. That's so, that's so cool. And I, I really found that the outdoor industry has so many very creative minded people and some of the hardest parts are taking that creativity and idea generation and energy and then putting it into play and starting to make things actually happen and come to life so I think that the value of this these stories and getting to share these stories it, it's a way for people to, to learn without having to drive into it or dive into a textbook so that's that's really cool Brian just just a reminder for uh, for our audience, Liz was on was on Repod a few weeks ago and uh, and talked a bit about uh, the the origins of her podcast and some of the some of the inspiration behind it. But Chap, we're we're sort of announcing a, a partnership here with these ladies. You wanna you wanna get into into that? I'm 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 just I'm just sort of the you know the the timeline you know check the check the boxes guy today and and letting you guys roll keep keep the conversation directed no we're well i mean i just feel really lucky they both reached out to me when they wanted we're starting to look for sponsors for their podcast and it was our pleasure as a team here to say absolutely we'd love to do that it's always been our hope to share great stories like this because gear stories outdoors they all go together and so that's awesome. I love Liz's summary of the outdoor entrepreneur. And I know Holly, you mentioned deliberate living, but why don't you give, give, give a little bit, give a little bit more elaboration there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the deliberate living podcast has been produced weekly for over two years now. And I use it as a space to share all of the ways that people can live deliberately alternative lifestyles. 
Um, and so about 50% of my episodes are interviews with people who are doing that in some capacity, who are um, entrepreneurs or van lifers, permanent travelers, um, people in the LGBTQ community or, you know, whatever, just something that's a little different and very deliberate. Um, and then the other half of the episodes are usually deep dives into questions from the audience about, you know, how do you make money on the road or how do you find public land to camp on or how do you start a business or how do you, whatever specific deliberate living question there is. Um, and I started it because I think it's really important to like share these stories and have more exposure and have um, just more reference points for people to pick from, you know, like growing up, we're all kind of raised with the same um, prescription for life and what it looks like and how you live as an adult and the jobs you have and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, all of us on this call know that that's not really how it works all the time. And, you know, best laid plans can go awry. And so having just like more options, like, oh, I didn't even know you could live in a van on purpose. I didn't even know you could start an app, you know, for used gear. Um, I didn't even know, you know, and so I think that that, that kind of representation is really important. And that's the whole point behind deliberate living. That's, that's awesome. So I think ladies, I, what I want to know, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit is you had to say, these are the three things that I've learned doing my podcast for sounds like Holly's on two years. Liz, I, I can't remember how long you've been doing outdoor entrepreneur, but if you had to kind of say, here's my three, the three things that I've learned doing this podcast that really stand out that I want to share with everybody. What, what do you guys, what can you guys come up with? Uh, I can kick us off. I've only been doing the podcast maybe for nine months. So mine's fairly new. The things that kind of come to mind for me right off the bat is um, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Like you actually could get started pretty quick and pretty easily to do a podcast. Um, with that being said, I think if you want to really knock it out of the park and you want to do it, um, you know, just really intentional, it takes time. It takes effort and it takes energy. It does not create itself. So <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it from the planning standpoint, the organization standpoint, the follow-up, uh, all of that. And then I guess the third thing would be probably around sponsorships and that podcasts don't um, just bring in money because you do a podcast. <laughs> you know, and for a lot of us, this is part of what we do. It might not be the only thing we do. Um, but it's nice if the podcast can support itself, whether that's through Patreon or sponsorships or whatever it is to help, um, help kind of offset those costs. Cause I know for a lot of podcasters, it's, it's a passion project, right? We're investing a lot of our own energy and money into it. So, um, just for me, I think the sponsorships is really important and that, that we can do it in a way that feels really good and is in, in alignment. We don't have to just take any sponsors, right? And that's why I think this is so important working with Rerouted, at least from my standpoint, is that it's in such alignment and it fits really well with who my audience is. And there's a lot of integrity behind that. And um, yeah, those are kind of the key things. Yeah. Thanks, Liz. That was, that was really funny. Liz, I, I love what you said there, how, it, you know, this day and age with kind of everything, all the tools that are available to us, it's, it's fairly easy to get started and get something out there, but the process of refining it and making it something, you know, really good and well produced, that's, that's kind of where 
people who are putting in the effort and the time and the energy, like you said, are, are kind of separating themselves. Well, and I bet Liz, you learn a lot about how to make your podcast better from the people you're talking to on your show because yeah. startup entrepreneur podcast it's all very meta and awesome that it all synergistic yeah. I learned something from all my guests and that's what I love right I'm I'm a work in progress so I love I love taking the gems from each uh each podcast guest it's it's awesome all right Holly what what about you what are, what are you learning from both your podcast journey and from your guests along the way oh man three things that's so hard. I could do like a full hour long episode on it, but definitely <laughs> um, one of the things that I've learned that I really enjoy and that helps me like in my other life, my non-podcasting life is how to have more and more interesting conversations with people, um, how to like ask certain questions or, you know, get the information that I'm looking for or keeping my audience in mind and what they're looking for. Um, I'm a pretty like introverted person and I can, like I joke that I'm a professional wallflower. Like I'm really good at just like sitting back and observing. And so doing the podcast really lets me like expand on talking to people and like gain that confidence. So that has been really fun. Um, and I think the second thing would be that like everybody has an interesting story to tell. Like every everybody has something you can learn. Everybody has joy and heartbreak and you know all of these things. And that's what you know makes us all human and makes us all like the most connected. Um, and so I really try to keep my audience in mind and try to think back. So my audience is, you know, younger me kind of like me of you know 10 years ago who was dissatisfied and didn't know why who was trying to do everything the right way and was still grumpy and like failing quote unquote and like not not having any fulfillment and but just trying so hard to fit the mold and was just not having any success so i want to talk to that girl and show her that there are other ways to do life and if if the the route you're following isn't working you can reroute yourself and find a new way to to do life and figure that out um because there there weren't a lot of options you know for me and i grew up in the outdoors i grew up you know being active and all of that and so I, i'm grateful for that privilege um but in terms of like lifestyle I was raised with the high school, get a diploma, go to college, get a degree, get a job working Monday through Friday, nine to five for somebody else in a salaried benefited cubicle position. You get married to one person of the opposite sex. You get a house with a white picket fence and a golden retriever. And like, I tried, I really, I, you know, I gave it a good, a good effort and it just didn't work. So that's like the second thing is like keeping my audience really in mind and just sharing all the ways. Um, and then the third thing that I've learned over the course of two years is that it's okay for my process and my motives and my purpose to change. And I had a really hard time with that um, in the last like year or so. Things were starting to shift, but I wanted to keep doing the show, but I had to figure out a way to bring it like back into alignment. And not that it got out of alignment, but just that my alignment shifted and the show kept going in the direction it was going. And I was like, wait a minute, we got to like correct this. Um, and so the first year of the show, I wasn't looking for sponsors. Um, and then that became something that I wanted to bring in, you know, to, to my, you know, now I'm going into the third year of the show. Um, I really wanted to like bring that in, but I had to grapple with all these, like, this is change and this is different. And how is my audience going to handle this? Cause they're used to not having any ads and, you know, all these things, but, you know, for it to be in alignment with me and fulfilling. Oh, 
So it's okay for it to change and for it to still benefit me and not just my audience. Because if it isn't benefiting me, it's not gonna benefit them either. Like they're gonna be able to feel the energy shift and like the burnout and you know whatever else you just get from not being in alignment with yourself. So change is good. Ladies, those were really, really, really thoughtful answers. I I think that's so cool. And we're all learning and we're all in the entrepreneurial world and it's all about trial and error. And I think that just, it's so fun to get to come together and share with each other all of these that's how we get better one of the things that I kept thinking about while you guys were talking is that I can't imagine how many times you've heard people tell their story and we think oh my gosh you're worth so much more and I think that that's one of the problems in this space that all three of us are really trying to shed light on it's like hey Make sure you pay yourself what you're worth. Make sure you ask for what you deserve. Make sure you do all of these things along the way. And the only way we can help each other is show the success stories of when things are working really well and how how we accomplish those goals. So I'm super proud of this relationship and being able to get you women out there spreading our word. How how has it been going? You guys hear any feedback? I'm genuinely curious. Anything come back? Holly because this was your first sponsorship. I can't remember. For me? Uh, yeah. 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 So this is my did, first how one. How did it go? How did your audience respond? Genuinely curious. I mean, so far, I think they've responded well. I know that, I mean, I approached Rerouted because I knew that my audience was going to resonate very strongly with your app and with your mission and with everything else, because the majority of my audience is outdoorsy or wants to be. Um, and is trying to be like sustainable and ethical and environmentally friendly and be a part of the circular economy and all of that. Um, so I knew that if I was going to take on sponsorships, I didn't want it to just be like some random ass company that has nothing to do with deliberate living. Um, and so, yeah, I think I, nobody has, nobody's come at me with pitchforks and fire, you know, being like, we don't like ads, get away from us. I think people are more like, all right, cool. Like this is, this is in alignment. We like this. Like maybe haven't heard of this app before. Gonna go check that shit out. Yeah. It's and it's working, ladies. And I mean, it's definitely working on our end. I good. was curious if anybody yeah. came with pitchforks for you. No pitchforks. For you guys. Not for me. That's that's good. What about you, Liz? Not pitchforks? for me either. No. And uh I've had a number of people that I've talked to and had conversations with around the app because again, I same what Holly said, I think it's perfect for my audience. Um and it's perfect for me. And that's really what I'm going for, right? I wanna, I wanna represent brands that I actually can get behind and that I use. And so the rerouted app is absolutely something I use and want people to know about. So um, I think that comes across too, you know, when you're when you're sharing it, it's not just any old brand. It's like, no, actually, I really care about this brand and I'm behind their mission and what they're what they stand for. So um, I've had lots of great conversations around the app. Yep. That's awesome to hear. And I'm, I'm so glad we, they asked me, they sent me an email and I was pretty much like, yeah, absolutely. They're, 
I'm not really worried about it. But you guys are like, let's meet. I'm like, but whatever you guys need, let's just let's just let's just get this thing together. One, I'd like to I'd like to add one thing about podcast advertising as well. It's you can make it really authentic. And one thing that I've noticed about you know even bigger brands that advertise with uh, with an on podcast, you know, there's generally you can create a much more authentic connection with the product and also with your with your audience. You, there's a little bit more freedom. It's not quite as quite as regimented always into a you know exactly you know 15 15 or 30 second um total total ad read and i i think that's kind of part of the medium that's really cool one of my one of my favorite things about podcasting and interviewing guests is that you can allow the conversation to go to wherever it's going to go in the moment and if there's ever if it ever goes to a place that the guest in in kind of retrospect is like hey maybe i maybe i don't totally want to share that that's totally good. We're, we get to cut it out and we get to, you know, have that conversation and still uh, make everybody feel comfortable. I worked in radio for a long time. I worked in live talk radio for a long time. You don't get that opportunity. And uh, because of that, people are so much uh, more scared to open up. Um, it's really, really unique on a live radio interview to get to get people to kind of open up and talk about their story. And very rarely when people do that, are they actually going to go somewhere that they don't want to? I, I think I've I think I've gone back and cut like one thing out of my podcast because the person was like, hey, maybe I want to maybe I didn't exactly want to phrase it like that. And I was like, no worries. I offer that to every guest. I think some one person has asked me to do, but it allows them the freedom to like totally open up and, and feel like if they speak out of turn that there's a, you know, there's a, there's an erase button because there is. Yeah. I tell all my guests that too. Like, this is just a conversation between two people. I do light editing afterwards. If we go somewhere that you don't want to go, or, you know, you decide you don't want to share with the world later, like, just let me know. I'll edit it out. And that never happens. <laughs> never. Exactly. It never happens, but you can see the relief yeah. on their, you know, if you're talking to them over a Zoom call, you can see the relief on their face every time that you mm-hmm. say that. And like you said, it never happens, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I, my only concern when I'm doing public things and talking about business is there's so many weird SEC rules with our fundraising regs. So I pretty much anybody ever asked me about fundraising, I have to go, run through a checklist of questions like wait what setting am i in where is this going to go can i make sure that we're not going to get in trouble with the securities exchange commission right now so all right ladies i have a kind of a final big question for you what is one of the if i asked you what your favorite adventure was what's the first thing that pops to your mind it doesn't have to actually be your favorite adventure where was it what kind of activity kind of talk about that experience kind of in a summary version um I mean the first thing that popped into my head was moving into the van and like I mean it's kind of it's kind of like a big picture thing like it wasn't just a a weekend adventure um but it was really life-changing for me like from before I moved into it uh because it was something that I had wanted to do for so long. And I kept saying, like, I want to do this thing. And I'd get close and then I'd back away because I was afraid. And then I'd get close and then I'd back away. And eventually I was just like, girl, like, should I get off the pot? Like, you got to like do this or don't. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Like, just get it off your list of things to do. Like, I, I try to live with integrity and like do the things I say I'm going to do. So if you're not going to do this thing, stop talking about it. So then I did it and I gave myself complete freedom to hate it. 
I didn't give myself like a limp, like you got to do this for a year and then you can get off the road. Like, no, nah, if I move into it in a month later, I hate it. I can get off the road. I don't care. Um, and so I think that was really helpful, but then just over the course of my time on the road, like I grew so much as a person and I grew a lot of, um, self-confidence and like just empowerment and like a sense of capability, which are all kind of the same thing, but the words resonate differently with different people. Um, and I think it has been a huge factor in who I am today and how I plan to live my life in the future. So it's been like the greatest adventure so far. I have two quick, I have two important follow-on questions, Holly. Sure. Does your van have a name? Did, does your van have a name? And then two, please describe the van. What kind of van? What did it look like? Give, I need the picture painted. (laughs) Okay. So I have, still have, will never get rid of a 1997 Ford E350 club wagon van with a fiberglass high top. So I can stand up inside it. Um, most people can, I think if you're like six feet tall, you're not going to be able to stand fully, but, um, that was something that I needed. She's big and like kind of an off-white color. She has windows all the way around. Her name is Eloise Van Gogh. Um, (laughs) and, uh, she is just a cute kind of little cottage on the inside. Like she's got a lot of natural wood and some white, um, and I've got a convertible bed that transitioned into a short table or a long table. I've got um, a sink stove combo, but I don't have running water. Uh, I never got a fridge. I just use a cooler, just a Yeti cooler. I never even buy ice. Like the way that I do things is like pretty minimal, but it works for me. Um, And I mean, I didn't spend hardly any money on her. Like at the time, at the time it was like all of my money and oh my God, what am I doing with myself? Right. But especially like at this point in time, like this far into the pandemic. And, you know, in the last two years, we've seen the van community really like grow um, because people are working remotely now and like have the freedom to get on the road. Um, And so looking back at, you know, for my van and the conversion, I think I spent less than like 10 to 12 grand. So like on the one hand, a lot of money up front for me to do, Um, I didn't go into debt over it. I did everything cash. That was, that was again, a personal choice. Um, But then if you look at it, like, I mean, that, that was like a place to live for three years, plus exorbitant gas and like terrible gas mileage and all the insurances that you need and all those things. But it was still like a pretty reasonable cost of living. Not right now because gas prices are like $5 a gallon, but at the time it was good. (laughs) I, I saw an ad, ladies, you'll appreciate this. And Brian, I think I shared this in our group chat, but it showed a picture of gas prices being $7 some, somewhere. I don't oh. even know where it was. And it said uh, Tesla's new marketing campaign. And I was like, that's very, very clever. They, that's smart. I see you. All right, Liz, <laughs> that, Holly, that was awesome. Thank you for going into so much detail. I see wait Eloise Van Gogh is that is that right yeah, yeah I can see her see her in my head Liz what what adventure or similar kind of story really jumped to mind that was really meaningful to you yeah I think one of my more meaningful experiences has been hiking the Grand Canyon solo for me um I worked actually at the Grand Canyon for a summer when I was in high school 
And then I went back to the other rim. I started out the South and I went to the North rim when I was in college and both times I never really hiked too far down into the Canyon, believe it or not. And so it was kind of on my bucket list for quite a while. And the first trip I went with another girlfriend of mine and that was great. And then the second trip, really, I wanted to do it solo. And it was just such, I don't know, it was really life-changing for me um, for a number of reasons. I mean, one, to show that I could do things on my own and that I can do hard things in nature and be okay and all of that. Um, But also it really forced me to slow down and get really present, which is something I struggle with. I'm a lot in my head. I love talking business and strategy and implementation and action and all of that. And I'm, I'm really trying to just slow down. Um, and so that trip, it was a little while ago, but it was kind of the start of that, of really like, oh, like, let's really take some time. Like, let's not rush to our destination. Let's take as much time as we need and let's stop here and let's take our shoes off and put them in the stream and just sit and eat this granola bar, like whatever it is, but really just enjoy the moment and the whole experience from the minute I got in my car to leave my house in Las Vegas to the minute I pulled back in the driveway afterwards, it was like, I was in a flow state. It was just a really, really powerful experience. Um, That's cool. And it's something that, yeah, I think about, I think about it often. How, how long were you out there for? Uh, I did that trip was, one night. I only did one night. I've done a couple nights, but this was just down to Phantom Ranch. I went down the North Rim to Phantom Ranch and back out the North Rim because that's really what I wanted to do. And I didn't get to do that before. I did a rim to rim and I just, I love the North Rim. So um, it was fun to just like be on my own schedule. I didn't have to worry about anybody else. What did someone else want to do or eat or how were they feeling? I was able to just really focus on myself uh, which is really fun. It's really nice. Uh, I, yes, that's a great point. And I think that there's so few times in our lives where any of us do that anymore because the internet is so available. That's honestly, that's why I started rock climbing 15 years ago is because I went into canyons and I didn't have any service. It's like, let me, let me, let me get out of here. What, what do you want from me? I, I can't get a hold. You can't get a hold of me. I'm out in the canyon. So I, I get it, Liz, and I love a good solo one-nighter. It's one of the best, one of the best things in the whole world. And I, I've always wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. Holly, have you done stuff in the Grand Canyon? You're right. Kind of. No, you're not that close. You're pretty close. I'm not that close right now. I, but I've been to the Grand Canyon a million times. Um, and I backpacked it with my family uh, when I was a kid, actually, that was one of our first backpacking trips as a family. We and we did three nights um, from the South Rim. We like went halfway down, all the way down, halfway up, all the way up. Um, and that was, I think, at the time, I didn't necessarily appreciate it because I was a kid and I was just like, I don't want to do this. This is dumb. And now I'm like, I'm so glad we did that. Let's do it again. <laughs> uh, okay, Liz. My my last question. What did you What do you have for dinner? What did I have oh, for dinner? Right. Oh, oh okay. So if you've, that. if you've ever been to Phantom Ranch, uh, down in the bottom, you know, they make phenomenal food. So as part of staying there, I was able to eat at Phantom Ranch and I like steak dinner, garden salad, chocolate cake, the whole nine yards. It's like a really, it's all homemade stuff. It's so good. So good. 
that's a backpacking meal yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely i had to i had to backpack you know breakfast lunch but but dinner was covered and it was wow awesome i i so i vote we record our next episode of the next time we do this there how about that should we just reconvene down there go on a little backpacking podcast (laughs) yes let's do it sounds spectacular (laughs) um well uh, you guys, this has been awesome. I I think we had talked for days and days and days together. I think there's so much cool energy and cool ideas that are always flowing when we're together. But talk to us a little bit about where we can find you guys on the social media, the podcasts, and all of that stuff. Why don't, Liz, why don't you start? Yeah, so you can find the podcast, The Outdoor Entrepreneur, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can also find me on social media at Liz Landine. Uh, you can also go to my website. I do uh, also work with people as a business strategy and action coach. Um, so um, yeah, so you can find yep. out more wherever. She, she's, she's been great. She's mm-hmm. been helping us. We, she's been in it. We've been interviewing and talking, but we've been leaning into her for some business strategy. So definitely go, go look her up. Um, Holly, where, where can people find you in Deliberate Living? Absolutely. You can find Deliberate Living anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, also on YouTube. And uh, you can find me everywhere online, Holly C. Priestley. Um, Deliberate Living podcast also has its own Instagram. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and then I have a Patreon specifically for the podcast where you can get extra long episodes, behind the scenes content. I've also been doing, um, some rapid fire, like mini sods with my previous guests where I ask them all kinds of questions, like how they like their PB and J's. Um, and I have a personal Patreon where I share more of like my personal art and I send people snail mail every month. Um, so there's all kinds of ways to come find, uh, what I'm up to and what the show is up to. And yeah, I'm, I'm always here for feedback. I'm always here for communication, like slide, slide into my DMS, ask me a question about backpacking or something, trail running, you know, here for all that. Let me know who you want to see on the show. All of it. <laughs> Woo! That's great. Ladies. This was, this was awesome. Brian, you have any, anything to wrap up here? Oh, find us on rerouted. You guys know where to find us. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm on there too. At chat chats on Twitter. That's all that matters. Yeah. If you have gear to sell, check us out on, on the app, the rerouted app. If you want to buy gear, check us out online. Uh, rerouted.co chap you haven't hosted in a while huh <laughs> no i am and this was like the most fun that i've had in like at least at least a week so i'm this was great and i'm all energized and excited about it. i was i'm i'm laughing because our final note before we started recording was all right everyone short and sweet 39 minutes ago <laughs> So if this doesn't turn out to be a 39 minute podcast that's posted, you can know that there was that there was a little bit of work done in the editing room. But I was I was laughing. It was a wonderful conversation with you guys. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, And if you check out their podcast, if you check out Holly's podcast and Liz's podcast, you uh, should hear some sponsorship from Rerouted. Uh, So go check those out and uh, hope everyone has an awesome day. Bye.